Hello, and welcome to the Midweek Lenten Podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois. This is a sermon for April 3rd, 2019. It is entitled, Job, Understanding How It All Works Together. It is based on the book of Job, chapter 23, verse 1 through 17. It was preached by Pastor Mike Hanna. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. How many of you have ever been to Ikea? Show of hands. Do you, do you like do you like IKEA? Am I gonna? Well, I guess we'll find out. So, if you've ever been to IKEA, you know that uh, it's a huge place, and the first place you're gonna go is to all of the showroom areas where you are wowed by some design, and then you get the little card or you write down the the letter and the number where it is. You're next going to be directed to the warehouse which is not as pretty and not so much the wow, unless you're like, wow, there are a lot of boxes here. But you're directed there where you get a couple of big boxes of all of the parts of that fancy new dresser, and you have the joy of taking that big box to the checkout and getting it into your vehicle, taking it home, and putting it together. And putting together things from Ikea truly is a joy, right? I mean, you have those handy-dandy instruction guides that have zero words, but just pictures, so that anybody from any language, nationality, they can use it and put it together. It's a lot of fun. Can you imagine trying to put it together without that instruction guide? Pretty difficult, right? So that's why it's handy-dandy. It's good. But what if in putting together that brand new dresser that you just purchased, you found out that you grabbed two boxes when you were supposed to grab three? You get home, you don't have all of the parts. Now, no matter how hard you try to follow those instructions, you're never going to be able to put together that dresser that wowed you in the showroom. Sadly, this is a lot like some people live their lives. They're living this life trying to put their own life together, but they don't have the manual. They don't know what it's supposed to look like, what is the final product, or maybe they do, but they don't have all of the pieces. They're missing some of the integral parts so that they try to put their life together and they might do a really good job. Their life might be pretty functional. It might be pretty impressive, but it's actually not the way it's supposed to be. So far in our journeys through Lent, We've been reading the book of Job, and in our Bible studies on Sunday morning, we've been covering a portion of Job, and we've been hearing about suffering a lot and the experience of suffering and brokenness in this world through Job. And hopefully by now you have started to understand that even though everybody might experience suffering and adversity in one shape 
or another, that the suffering that we face as Christians is not the same as the suffering that our non-Christian friends experience. That is, because of our faith in Christ, we just don't experience it the same way. It's kind of like we are trying to all put together our lives like that Ikea dresser, but we as Christians have a few extra parts that are integral to that design that our non-Christian friends don't have. And so they're trying to put together their life and it just doesn't make sense. It's just not going together. We as Christians may still struggle, but more of those pieces start to make sense and start to come together in new and profound ways because of our faith in Christ. Now, even though all people experience suffering, we don't all experience it the same way. Nevertheless, there are some common signposts of suffering and adversity that just about everybody experiences. And we've been talking about them so far through Job. So I'm going to cover them pretty quickly before I move on to some of those missing pieces that non-Christians may not have as they try to understand and make sense of their suffering and adversity in this life. So as we've been reading through Job, here are some of the the big three, I would say, signposts of suffering that, that I think are common to all people who experience suffering and adversity. First, there is shock, then sorrow, and then struggle. Because we've kind of heard a lot of these already, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them, but shock is that initial what? Me? It's kind of that phase of denial when you can't believe some piece of bad news that has just come to you. But after you start to hear it and understand, okay, this is happening, this is real, then the sorrow sets in. That is the woe is me crying that happens when we lament, when we weep, when we wail. After the sorrow is the struggle. This is the questions that follow the tears. When we're finally able to speak those words, the words often sound the same on all of our lips. They are, why me? We ask those questions. Job has asked those questions. And we've understood that this is is kind of common. This, This process is kind of common to all people, Christian and non, as they deal with suffering and adversity in this life. But I would like to say that there are a few missing pieces that non-Christians don't have as they struggle with their suffering, as they struggle with evil and sin in this world. But these are pieces that God has put in your life. So you need to know that you have more to make it through. So after those three, the next one I would add is sanctification. Sanctification is one of those fancy theological words that simply means the process by which God makes you holy. Or to maybe even dumb it down a little bit more, 
It's the process by which God makes you more like Jesus. I don't think this is a secret, but not everybody understands it. God's ultimate plan is not that you would be happy. A lot of people, I think, think that that's what God is about in this world. But God tells us that's not what he is here to do. Instead, he is here to make us holy. He is here to make us more like Jesus. In this world, every problem has a purpose. And we are transformed by troubles in this world. Somebody may inflict harm on you. Somebody may try to do something bad to you. But God takes that and he can use it to do something good. See, anybody can bring good out of good. God does something so much better. God brings something good out of something bad. And that's really what we talked about just after the uh, confession today, right? We talked about how God transforms crucifixion into resurrection. You read the, some of the final words in the book of Job, how in the latter part of Job's life, God blessed him even more than the first part of his life. This is the gospel of God turning those crucifixions into resurrection. See, Good Friday, from all perspectives, looked like a dead end as Jesus died there on the cross, having taken upon himself our sins, your sin and my sin. Except it wasn't a dead end. On that day, God was doing something new. From that day, from Jesus' crucifixion, God would make a new day. The third day, the everlasting day, that Easter morning when Jesus rose again. See, without death, there can be no resurrection. And I know that none of us like death. We don't really want to embrace it. But as Christians... God has enabled us to see past it. So whatever it is that is your worst nightmare that's happening in your life, you need to know that it's not just some random thing. It's not something that will serve no purpose. Instead, the wounds that you have suffered are wounds that you have suffered in this cosmic battle between God and Satan and all of Satan's demonic forces. But God is taking those wounds and he is weaving them into something new. You are that new creation and God is doing something new in you. He is making those wounds into something beautiful. It's part of God's beautiful plan of ultimate Victory. One of, the, one of the favorite verses that I have from the Apostle Paul comes from Romans 8. Romans 8.28 says, We know that in all things God is at work 
and he is working good for those who love him. And that's an amazing promise, isn't it? Unfortunately, some people misunderstand it or misquote it or, or just, just don't quite get it. They, they think that Paul says some things there that he didn't say at all. See, Paul does not say that all things are good. That's absolutely untrue. We know sin and evil and suffering and how they exist in our world. Those are not good things. God does not call them good things. Neither did Paul. But the other thing that Paul says, well, he doesn't say. He doesn't say, wouldn't it be nice if, or I sure hope that this is the way that it is. No. He's convinced. He says, we know that in all things, God is at work and he is working for the good of those who love him. It's not always easy to see that, to know that, but by faith in Jesus, we can believe that. When you think about sanctification, sanctification is kind of how God is at work in you, how he is transforming you, even through suffering and adversity. But there's more that God is doing, because God is not just working in and through you, he is also working in the people around you. The final piece that we have as Christians as we deal with suffering and adversity is service. See, when something terrible happens in your life, you may want to kind of quiet it down, hush it up, but God can do something with even the bad things that happen in your life. And service says that God puts these things to work, not just for you and for your good, but for the good of the people around you. So he can take your mess and use it for his message. He can use those times of testing that you have experienced and turn that into a testimony that points other people to Jesus. See, most of the time, we don't want to talk about that really embarrassing thing that happened to us. We don't want to talk about that thing that we are ashamed of. We don't want to bring up that thing that we really regret that we did. But God can use that. He can use that to bring good. Maybe not so much in yourself, but, but in other people and use you to help them. After all, who is going to be the most help to a parent of a child with Down syndrome except another parent who has a child with Down syndrome? Who will better understand somebody who's struggling with addiction than another person who's been there who's gone through it, who has struggled themselves with that addiction. See, the very thing that you might want to least talk about is the very thing that God wants the most for you to talk about. Because that just might be the thing 
that helps out another brother or sister in Christ who's been where you are, but hasn't yet been where you are. They've been where you've been, but not where you are right now. And God gives you that opportunity. So if you put those pieces together, shock, sorrow, struggle, sanctification, and service. I'm not saying that it's always going to make sense. There are still going to be times when you look at your life and you might see some of those different pieces, but it still doesn't look like what you think it should look like. It still hurts. It still feels like you haven't gotten over it. You haven't gotten through it. You haven't gotten past it. It's like you're looking in that Ikea box and you see all of the parts are there. You have everything you need, but you just you don't understand how it's going to be what it is you saw in that warehouse. Then I guess the final word I have for you is this great word of good news. Unlike that Ikea dresser, you don't have to put it together. You don't have to put together your own life. See, by faith we understand it's not we who are in charge of all of this. It is God who is doing it. It is God who is behind it. It is God who is at work. And so even though you don't make sense of it all, even though it still looks kind of jumbled, that's okay. What you need to know by faith is that there is a plan, a divine plan. God is at work. He is at work in the mess of our lives, and he is bringing it all together into something beautiful. As Job says, when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. See, I'm not saying that in this life you'll see the finished product. In this life, it still might look like a mess. But there will be that day, that day when Jesus comes back, when he comes back in his glory and we with our own eyes will finally see what God was doing. We'll finally see what otherwise we have only known by faith. By faith in this life we say, we know that God is at work. He's putting together everything for the good of those who love him. I don't see how that's happening, but I believe it. On the day our Redeemer returns, we'll see it and we'll rejoice. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to this midweek Lenten service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and clicking the sermon button at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.